Good morning. And welcome to UCC Longmont. My name is Sarah Verasco. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And on behalf of Robert and Lauren and Addie and Alyssa and Scott in the AV loft, we want to welcome you to this space that has been prepared for you. These are the sweet and precious moments where Christmas continues. And perhaps your experience of Christmas Eve is lingering like the last note that Robert plays, how it just sort of lingers for a moment. Some of the poinsettias are doing better than others. <laughs> so maybe you're here because you're feeling a little tired. Maybe you need a little refreshment or nourishment. And we have that here as well. Allow yourself to arrive, whichever way you came today, whichever way you're arriving, wherever you've been and wherever you're headed afterwards, just allow yourself to be present. Some of you have traveled many miles in the last week. Be here. Be in this community, in this space, whether it is right here in the sanctuary or in spaces uh, online. And allow your breath to deepen. And sometimes the best way to do that is to exaggerate it. So we'll do a real big exaggerated inhale and hold it at the top. And then a really big exaggerated exhale. And notice the difference, the settling that can take place after that. And maybe, maybe just one more exaggerated one on your own. A big inhale and hold it for a second. And then a big exhale. And as you settle further, allow these words of welcome that we offer to one another to take shape within the room. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. You are welcome, you are wanted, and you are valued. So let's see what the Spirit will do with us in this time of worship. And some of you who came a bit early heard this, but to others this is gonna be news. We're gonna light the Advent candles today, but I, I'm open to volunteers who would like to light them. If you have a hankering or if you've always sort of wanted to light the candle. <laughs> In the spirit of our impromptu pageant that was so wonderful, I want to invite you to come forward. Come on forward. Come on forward. We've got a total of five candles today. So we have one, two, three, four, five. Yay. And so, let me light this one. This, is, this might sound like a test, but it's not. It's supposed to be fun. So just remember this. So, Anne's here. Let's hear what one of these candles represents. Hope. Hope. Okay. Whichever one you want. They do sort of have names. But because it's not a test, we'll just let you do that. 
Okay, pass the light on to Alex. And let's hear what another one of the candles represents. Peace. Peace. Go ahead, Alex. Yes, beautiful. And you'll pass that on to Becca. And what's another one of the candles? Joy. That's the one that people think of with the pink one. You can do that one or the purple one. You're good. And you're going to pass that on to Jim. You got it. And another candle? Love. Love. There we go. And Jim, you're going to pass that on to Sharon. And the center candle? Christ. The Christ candle. For consolation. Looking for comfort. We're told that Simeon was late in age, not quite as old as Anna, but in scripture, age is kind of funny. It's not really clear how old someone really is. So I think what matters here is that Simeon, it's highly likely that he lived through a very tumultuous period. And he saw some really hard things. And so he wondered, like many of us do, where is God? Where is the salvation that we have been promised? Where is the Messiah? So he kept showing up in the temple, waiting for that. Anna was there also, day and night, we're told. This would be a place where a woman who was not connected to a man in marriage could be without question and I would hope without harassment. The temple is also a place for the rituals of the religious. Anna, we are told, was praying and fasting constantly. It's where the young family brought Jesus to be dedicated according to the law, according to the customs. Simeon and Anna are part of the Christmas story the ongoing unveiling of God's presence in the world, the embodiment of the way of love, which is the way of salvation. Now here we are on the cusp of a new year. It's still a little confusing. Is today Sunday? Yes, it is, and tomorrow's a holiday, so what's the next day going to be? Saturday, (laughs) right? But as we enter into this New Year's Day, and then Eve, and then perhaps this image will come to mind. Scott, you want to put that first image up for us? (laughs) You've all seen this, right? The older I get, the less I like it. (laughs) You know, it sort of says, out with the old, in with the new. But nevertheless, it's an image that resonates, at least in this country, where there is always a contest to see who is the first child born in the new year. Messages of resolutions and willpower, if they haven't already gotten to you, are going to come in full force 
and they can easily distract us from the celebration of embodied love that is Christmas. It's only day seven of 12. Here's another image. This is a portrayal of Simeon with the baby Jesus. I think Mary Oliver offers a wise caption for the unveiling of Christmas, and I think it fits with Simeon's story. It's her instructions for living a life. Pay attention, be astonished, tell about it. In the spirit of tell about it, I'm so glad that some people shared these stories with me and with others. I'm thinking of a grandparent who was mindful that his memory was becoming more and more fragmented. And paying attention was getting harder. So there was an awareness of this struggle, but not quite yet the solution. And then he began to spend time with his new grandchild. And all of a sudden, there was an unveiling and an awareness. Oh my gosh, when I'm with this child, I am fully present. As only a grandparent can. I don't know many parents that feel that way for more than a second. (laughs) I know it's possible. But for a grandparent who can swoop in and swoop out and who can sleep at night and during the day if they need to, it was a profound moment of presence and the astonishment. This is what it is. Who knew? I'm also remembering the young adult who was checking in for surgery. And their pastor said to them, listen, when you walk through that door, you know, we're not all going to be going with you. Just keep in mind that God's angels love to hang out in places like this. So be attentive. Be on the lookout. And the young adult sort of was like, eh, But after, that night, when they were home, they shared with their parents that the nurse that they encountered on the other side of of those doors looked a lot like their first grade teacher, whom they adored. She was one of the calmest, comforting, and joyful people that they had ever met. And they said having that nurse there, who was also calm and comforting before the surgery, brought them peace. From shrug to astonishment, and then telling about it. There's someone else, a person who who knows the end of their life is drawing near. And when given the option to go anywhere in the world, What's on your list of things you want to do? 
they realized that's not quite the right question. The question is, who do I want to be with? And what special places will we visit together? The reframing of someone who is paying attention in a very different way and the wisdom to share it. It reminded me also of this poem. The last time I saw God. The last time I saw God face to face, I was looking at a bed of tulips. God was every color of red. I was merely a mortal in awe of it all. The time before that, we were tying back the curtains, looking for stars. God was the deepest purple and the brightest light. The time before that, the city was soft with snow. God was the quiet that tucked us all in. And in between these small gifts, there were newborn babies and sapling trees, homemade bread, the sound of a church singing on Sunday. One of the last questions we asked on Christmas Eve before everybody left was, when did love find you tonight? And maybe it happened that night, but maybe it happened before or after. And so I'm going to ask you again, when and where did love find you? When did Christmas come? And we're going to take a few moments to just turn toward each other and share those moments. Even if it's from years past, just take a moment to share or to sit quietly and perhaps write if that's what you feel called to do. trust there have, are moments of beauty, moments of that's what love is, moments when the star was shining more brightly, the color of the sky was more magnificent than ever, a time when love was magnified, seems so big when wisdom is conveyed, or just something that stops you for a moment, you can't help but look and feel and be present to it. 
as is often the case in moments when love is magnified, whether it's in our world through holidays that call this to mind for our awareness, distractions are also magnified. So you have to learn to sift between the two. Stress comes from the distractions being magnified, not love. The short temper, the care and concern of how a meal is gonna taste over who's gonna be at the table. Love doesn't care how it tastes. That's a bonus. Now for some of us, particularly those who were born into families where the adults weren't skillful in the challenges of adulting and parenting. It's a nice way to say it, isn't it? I'm proud of that little sentence there. There may be some inner work that's required to help clear the way for seeing and even naming. For me, it was a prayer that followed a time of solitude. I was living in an apartment above a garage, a detached garage, and it was on a, a very big piece of property, and so there was a lot of solitude, and I welcomed it, I needed it, I wanted it. And I had already gotten to the they did the best they could space with parents and siblings. But what came through this time, in this period of solitude, you know the solitude between therapy appointments, was a deep felt experience of betrayal. It was gently astonishing. I had no idea that that's what I would find at what felt like the bottom of my, of my pain and of my struggles. And from that place, the question that arose was, it was for God. Where were you? In retrospect, you know, the answers came. And, you know, I'm skipping ahead because in retrospect, the truly astounding piece was how long the list was. Where were you here? Where were you there? Where were you then? Where were you then? Where were you? I was like, whoa. It was as if the faucet just completely came on and it just opened up this flow of questions, these places where I felt betrayed and I had no idea I was carrying that list with me. I had no idea. And there it was. What a gift.
this experience is also part of the unveiling. The unveiling of Christmas, and it's one of the ways that love found me. So when it's the bright, shining, beauty-blessed in the company of people you know, love, trust, and feel safe with, that's one of the ways that Christmas comes. Christmas also comes in the release of things we've been carrying that we aren't aware of. And these things that we carry prevent us from loving and living more fully. And so when it comes, it opens up that possibility. It's easy not to be present and not to be aware. I was distracted a little bit by... Um, I'm usually not, but that was the cutest little thing. I know he's doing his T-Rex. And, and for a moment, I was present to that and not here. But it's easy to not be present, which is the perfect segue to be stuck in your head or distracted by a sound or the well-rehearsed stories others have spun about you and you've bought without question, consumed by the past or the pursuit of the future as you would like it to be. In 2007, there was a social experiment, and it was a collaboration of the Washington Post and Joshua Bell. Do you know who Joshua Bell is? He's a very famous violinist. And uh, in 2007, he was probably at the height of his sort of um, musical visibility. Let's put it that way. What they did together was they decided that during rush hour in the morning, Joshua Bell, in a baseball cap and jeans, was going to go to a DC metro station stand next to a garbage can, and play the violin. So he went. And mind you that he's playing on a 300-year-old Stradivarius violin worth millions of dollars. He was unparalleled at this time. I mean, now he's, he's not, but he was at that time. And so they recorded the whole thing. 1,097 people walked by that morning. Seven stopped. One recognized him because she had seen him in concert two weeks before. A total of $32.17 were collected. I looked it up just a couple days ago. It cost between 55 for like way up there to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds to be close when he performs. The one who recognized him put in a 20. <laughs> There's a lot we miss 
And whether you know Joshua Bell or not, can you hear excellence? Can you hear beauty? Can you hear the sound of a 300-year-old instrument that was not mass-produced? So one of the questions for Christmas is, what are we missing? And will we recognize God's saving love when we see it or hear it or feel it? or sense it, or read it. It's not all effort and grit on our part. I think that's the misconception. I've got to try harder, be better. That falls into the resolution and willpower category. That's a distraction, my friends. Don't believe it for a second. It's calling upon the Spirit. It's showing up in those places where God gathers people together, like the temple, and trusting that God will come through. When times get hard, that's not the time to skip the temple visit. That's the time to double up. It's not the time to double up on food. Maybe it's the time to cut back a little so you could hear differently, right? That's what fasting is about. That's what prayer is about. Remember Simeon. The Spirit is mentioned three times in reference to him. The Spirit led him. The Spirit rested upon him. The Spirit revealed to him God's work didn't start in the world with Jesus. It started way before, and it's still happening. Jesus is one way. And what did Simeon say when he looked upon this child? My eyes have seen your saving love, just as you promised a saving love presented for all to see, the light and glory of God to set us free. Let's take a few moments now to sit quietly and ask the Spirit to reveal what may be blocking your experience of love both giving and receiving. Ask the Spirit to magnify that for you. And while you may not get an immediate answer, you may need to keep coming back to it, you might. So let's just sit together with the Spirit and see what might be revealed.
come back to the sound of my voice and the awareness of others in the room. Let's remember Simeon. He paid attention. He was astonished or overjoyed, perhaps, is a better way to say it. And he told others about it. Remember Simeon because he was dismissed in peace. Peace followed this moment. And he now had freedom to move into whatever is next in peace. Some traditions say that he died before he left the temple. So whether it's an actual physical death or it's just the death that moves us into a new chapter of life here on this earth, you'll know it by the peace that comes. The peace that Christ brings. That's also how you can recognize love. Because when the tears are dried, there is a peace. The peace that Christ offers, offers and invites us to receive. And so in that spirit, let us practice passing the peace of Christ one to another. I want to invite you to stand and move and mill about and offer words or gestures of peace because friends, the peace of Christ is with you.